We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, he knew about Jesus. He knew about Christianity. And now he knows Jesus experientially. Jeff Kemp, he's a champion for families. He loves coaching up dads and moms to be great parents and discipling men. He played 11 seasons in the NFL, and he's with me, you, and Shauna today, on today. Here at Perry and Shauna Mornings, we love to hear stories of how you encountered and fell in love with Jesus. What's your story, Jeff? How, how did you come to have an experience with a real Jesus? Mm. Well, my mom and dad had a faith. Mom's was more personal. Dad's was kind of the intellectual macro version. We went to church, and I think it was a really good junior high group that where I had an emotional trust Jesus experience, but it was still intellectual for me. And I went off to college trying to earn my identity, be popular, be good at football, et cetera. And I just drifted away from the Lord, not rebelling, but drifting. And you can drift pretty far in four years. And when mm-hmm. college ended at Dartmouth, I knew the Bible quite a bit, and I knew the gist of the gospel, but it wasn't in my life. And a Christian isn't just someone who goes to church and calls himself a Christian. You know, A Christian is a person who has the life of God and his spirit in them. Yeah. And that hadn't really happened. So here, here I finally became successful and popular, acne cleared up, uh, fraternity <laughs> friends, girlfriends, football's gone well. I got a good grade point from an Ivy League school. I'm going to go play football with the Rams, at least get a tryout. And uh, we had a couple days of parties, and I was drunk multiple nights in a row, go to bed at 4 a.m. But I was sober spiritually because God was knocking on my heart and getting me to think about my future. And I realized if I'm so happy and so successful, why am I so empty? Hmm. And Romans 8.28 came into my heart because I realized I'm selfish, I'm a follower, I'm insecure, Hmm. I act cocky, but the problem is I'm called according to my own purpose. And all things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. And it hit me right then, I need Jesus at the center of my life, not Jeff. And I said, okay, I don't have a lot of guts, but at least I'm going to California. I'm going to give you my life and follow Christ. And I need your help to make the pro football anyway. <laughs> and uh, that's when I started following Jesus. And then we got discipled, my wife and I. I soon met her out there all through football. We never had security in our jobs. It was always, you know, trust God, not the NFL. So he's been a wonderful loving father and gracious savior. And we have four sons that love Christ, praise God. And they're married and now grandkids. Jesus has been amazing in my life. And my wife, Stacy, wow, what an outrageous blessing. Her faith is deep. So Jeff, you made this commitment to Jesus right as you were headed first to the Los Angeles Rams? Yes. So yep. many good things going on here. Rams. I'm a California girl. You got yourself a California girl. It doesn't get better than that, Jeff. Well, Stacy went to USC. And you know what? She went through some hardship and rejection from her mom because of her mom's own insecurities. And that sent her on a journey to a church. She asked for help. They said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. The pastor said, tell me what a Christian is. And she really couldn't explain it. Mm-hmm. And so he talked her through the principles of Romans and that mankind is separated because we've all rebelled and gone our own way. But the solution is provided by God alone who could pay the price for 
humanity's rebellion and sin. And Jesus and his sacrifice and his death and resurrection is that answer. Would you like to trust in Jesus, let him change and save you, forgive you, give you eternal life and change your life here and now? Not to be easy, but to be joyful and spirit-filled. And she accepted him. And within a year and a half, we met on a blind date. And that's how God wrote our story. So he writes great stories if you let him be in charge. And I think the problem today is most of us have so much that we just try to add God to our life instead of give our life to God. He is a much better owner than we are of ourselves. He's so good, so loving. Hmm. That's, that's the center of it all. Here's the deal. You know, Jesus poured out everything for us. He gave it all for us. And, and the response that that demands really is for us to just give it all for him. And such a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing about Christianity and knowing the living person of Jesus Christ. Total, complete surrender, Galatians 2.20, right? Hmm. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's, it's daily, moment by moment, fully aware of your desires, saying, this looks good. This sounds good. You know, I long for this. I choose you. I choose not only not only to trust you and not only to have faith in you, but I trust your ways. Like if, mm-hmm. if you were here doing it instead of me doing it, what would it look like? That's mm-hmm. how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a supernatural thing that you're talking about is having God's spirit at work in me to help me become what God created me to be. See, apart from Christ, <clears throat> I'm trying to be what, you know, I think I should be in my own strength. But God has, is the one who's created us, and he has the blueprint, and only he can cause us to flourish in the way that we were meant to flourish. And so, you know, the first step to, to seeing that happen is just saying, I need you, God. Mm-hmm. All I need is need mm-hmm. in order to be changed by God, to realize that I'm needy. I'm a sinner. I'm flawed. I'm broken. I'm not all that. You know, there's a humility that has to come. Absolutely. And I think, you know, religion offers us these, we see religion and we see, show me what I got to do. This is me anyway. Like I will check off the boxes and I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll get it done. And God in his goodness says, no boxes, be Mm -hmm. with me, Mm -hmm. surrender to me, walk it out hand in hand with me. And I'll lead you moment by moment, day by day. See, the Christian identity is different from every other kind of identity. Mm -hmm. Every other identity, you know, draws from your own performance. Mm -hmm. Do this, do that. Yep. And Christian identity is finding our union with Christ, our connection with Christ and with his performance. And it's living from his performance. He was perfect and lived a perfect life and died in our place for our sins, for not getting it right and rose again to bring us into the Father's favor. And when we put our faith in Christ, we throw ourselves at the feet of Jesus. He forgives us of all of our sins, 100%, mm-hmm. 100%. And he gives us his perfect performance. And so we live from his perfection. He gives it as a gift to us. We don't have to achieve it. We can't ever achieve a great identity. We always will fall short of our own ideals. And so if 
that's you, you know about Jesus, you know about Christianity, and this is resonating with you that you want to to know Christ personally, experientially, we're just asking that the Holy Spirit will make that come alive for you. And remember, all you need is need. I think every single person, this is my hypothesis, I think every single child gets some kind of a father wound, even if they had a great dad. My dad is awesome, but there are some things that he missed, and there's some things that I missed with my son. Of course. But I think what a father wound does is, what it's supposed to do is draw us toward the perfect father. Oh, man. Talk about the perfect father, the only one. Well, you know, this whole existence is based on the idea of fatherhood. God calls himself father. Jesus calls his his Abba father. The prodigal father story and the prodigal son story that Jesus tells is so amazing, painting the picture of a wonderful father who, who jumps off the porch and looks for his rebellious, crazy, you know, messing up son to come back and holds a party for him and tells his older, you know, perform, do the rules son who was kind of running away from the father in his own way. Hey, I've always been here for you. You've always been my son. Everything I have has always been yours. So God is our father. And an earthly dad's job is to point his daughter and son, a grandpa points his grandson, granddaughter to the perfect father. And that's what apologies and humility do on our part. I had to apologize for some dumb things I did with my grown son. And he asked me to do some things to get in on time and not eat some cornbread uh, in front of his little son before the dinner came because it would ruin his appetite. And I went ahead and ate the cornbread anyway because I was so starved. And I didn't even really apologize. Later on, I realized my selfishness deserved an apology. And I went back and apologized. Apology is humility. Humility is looking to the Heavenly Father. So all of our life, we are meant to find the Heavenly Father that baptized Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And because of Jesus, he can say, you're my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased, my beloved son. I'm not measuring your performance. I'm measuring what Christ did for you on the cross and that I designed you and God doesn't design junk, okay? And that he's looking at the movie of your life the whole story, not the snapshot of right now. So no one's disqualified. God's got a second, third, fourth chances. So fatherhood is central to our identity and then our life. And of course, our own fathering of our kids. And that's the sweet thing about the gospel. You know, whether you had a great dad or just a so-so dad or a dad that wasn't even there, we in Jesus have the perfect heavenly father. Because, you know, as Jesus lived out a perfect life that we could never live, and then he died in our place, and then he rose again to bring us into God's favor, and we put our trust in Jesus, the Father can say to you and me, just as he said to Jesus, you're my beloved son, you're my beloved daughter, and in you I'm well pleased. And so in the gospel, we have the perfect Father. And not only does he meet us where we're at and father us like right here, right now in today, he, he heals the wounds of the past. Mm, He makes them right. He redeems what was not right and makes us who he created us to be.
Man, I know how it feels to have to say goodbye to your kid who's going across the ocean on a mission with God or or anything else like that. I've I've had to say goodbye a few times. Yesterday morning, I woke up knowing today's the day we say goodbye. So about 18 months ago, my daughter knew that God was nudging her to move out of the country. And in the summer of 2020, she moved closer to us and living in Indiana. So for the last 14 months, we've been able to see her a lot more frequently. But since May, we've been able to see her every single day. She moved in with us, thinking that she would probably be moving in June. Um, but yesterday was moving day. And so we ended up having way more time together than I was expecting, but I still wasn't ready to say goodbye. I don't know that I ever would be. You could give me six more months and I'm not sure I would be ready. But yesterday was moving day either way. And I woke up just feeling sad. I did not want to say goodbye to my girl. I knew I'd have to send a part of my heart overseas yesterday. So I went to my spot where I meet with Jesus to read and to pray. And my daily devotional was a reminder to trust God. Of course it was, right? (laughs) It said, I read this, affirm your trust in me regardless of how you feel. And then it challenged me even further than that. If that wasn't enough, (laughs) thank me. I mean, it's one thing to trust God. It's It's like another step further to thank him in the midst of hard things, though this may feel unnatural. So I did. I thanked God. You know, I started journaling and writing this all out, thanking God for who she is to me, you know, for the joy of our relationship and all the moments that we had together over the last few months. We we established this Saturday morning tradition of going to Starbucks together and getting wow. our Saturday morning coffee and our breakfast, the bacon egg gouda sandwich from Starbucks. Doesn't get any better than that to, I know to go to Starbucks with your kid. I know it. And, you know, she joined me. We did grocery shopping together and we ended the evenings together. Always got a hug from Bryn before, now I'm going to get choked up. Hug, you know, before you go to bed, all those things. And I was like, thank you, God, for all those little moments. And thank you not only for what we have had with her over the last few months, but thank you for preparing a community for her in the Czech Republic that's just excited to have her and greet her and embrace her and and all those things. Mm-hmm. And when we trust God, our joy increases. I'm telling you, you know, it's it's not scientific, but it happens. It just happens. When we thank God, when we start verbalizing our trust in him, we also start to experience greater peace. So regardless of how we feel, we can trust God. Our joy and our peace start to increase when we choose to trust him, when we choose to thank him, regardless of how we feel. So I just... I guess I want to be really, really um, clear about the fact that we can feed our feelings. We can dive into that further and further and further, or we can feed our gratitude and our praise and our thankfulness. And it's kind of like we're saying, everything in me wants to freak out right now. Everything in me wants to cry. (laughs) Everything in me wants to stop time, whatever. But because you're God and because you're good, I'm not going to give into my feelings. I choose to trust you. In fact, I trust you so much. I'm going to thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, even though I can't see what you're doing. Or, you know, thank you, even though my heart is breaking. I'm going to thank you because I trust you. And you know what, Shauna, you and Dan have, you have done, you have poured into Bryn's life and she's doing what she's doing in large part because of 
how you guys have discipled her. Mm. And I know that probably doesn't make you feel any better about her leaving, but uh, I'm just proud of you guys for pouring into her life. And, you know, she's going to Eastern Europe. She's going to be teaching English. She loves Jesus. I'm sure she's going to come in contact with people who don't know Jesus. And wow, just think of, see, I've been through this with my son. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been through this too, but, you know, it was so hard to say goodbye the night before he left. We went and played disc golf, you know, and I kind of choked up every time I went past the disc golf course when he yeah. was over in the Middle East. And and then the story started coming back of the Lord using him and working in his life. And I'll tell you what, it is so good to know your children are walking in the truth. <laughs> We're both choking I up. Know. Amen to that. Okay, just pass the tissue box around. We'll be just fine. No, but here's the deal. You know, Ephesians 5, 19 and 20 says, Sing and make music for music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is it is a command. It is good for our hearts in the face of what we're feeling. Mm-hmm to praise God, to trust God, to thank him. Even for stuff you can't see yet, thank him in the midst. It is good for your soul. Well, if you want to pour goodness into your kids, use a lot of affirmation. We've got Jeff Kemp with us, Jeff Kemp. He's a champion for families. He loves to help equip us to be great parents. He played in the NFL for 11 seasons, and he just does have a passion to strengthen families and marriages and disciple men. He's got a great book called Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs. And he's got a new book coming out soon called Real Good Man. What qualities of fatherhood did you learn from your own dad and from other dads around you? Oh, my dad, Jack, was a pro football player. He was a quarterback, very hard driving and competitive. He became a congressman and and traveled and spoke a lot once he left football. So he had a pretty busy and full life. And I got to credit my mom, Joanne, for really putting dad in a great spot to be the best dad he could be. He wasn't a perfect dad. But the things that he did fabulous, love, encouragement, he said the words, I love you over and over. He wrote, he wrote us notes, my sisters and my brother and me. Uh, he hugged us. He kissed us. He kissed me after college football games and embarrassed me. That's awesome. Uh, he was the greatest encourager ever. And dads, I hope you'll pick this up. Encourage your kids, not just that they can get straight A's or make the team or win the game. Encourage their character, encourage their faith, encourage them in their kindness, their perseverance. But my dad, one time he said, hey, Jeff, I saw you today. You look great. This was a football game. I said, Dad, I was all frustrated. I didn't even play. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I know. I saw you warming up. You're really throwing the ball well. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's indicative of a great dad. You look for the positive, mm-hmm. you find it, you praise it, and you remind your son or daughter that the present isn't the whole picture of their life. You know, their life is a movie. It's not just this snapshot. So pimples, third string on the football team, just got grounded. You're not doing so well as a kid. Dad isn't talking about just that. He's saying, hey, you know what? You got a great future. Sorry, I had to ground you, but 
You have some cool perseverance in you. You're creative. You're great with your friends. I know you love God. I'm excited for your future. I love you unconditionally. That type of stuff is what kids need from their dads. And and many of us dads feel like we might have blown it because we're harsh, angry. Maybe our dad didn't treat us well. I want this interview to be grace and remind any dad you are not disqualified. Just because you blew it in the past doesn't mean that dictates the future. Okay. You may be distant from your kids because of divorce. You can overcome that. Mm. And apologies and humility go a long, long way. Humility and apologies by dads go a long, long way. That's my best fathering as a father of adult children is when I apologize. This is Jeff Kemp and you know, affirmation is just so powerful. I know it's it's my love language and I just remember when I was a kid you know, when I was playing basketball. So, you know, big Friday night game and crowd cheering on and out of the crowd, I would hear, that's my boy. Mm, that's awesome. And, you know, maybe I felt a little self-conscious at the time, but to be honest, I really loved it. And I still remember it to this day. And so, you know, we can always ask for forgiveness because we're never going to get it perfectly right as parents. We can ask for forgiveness and and then we can just do a lot of affirming. Right. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. Like, that's my boy. That's mm-hmm. a modern day translation of this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. Nothing feels better than that. Yeah. I love your passion, Jeff, and... You know, you're a former NFL quarterback, you're a strong guy, but you're humble. You've admitted, you know, my life was such a mess that I needed Jesus. And I know you would say, I still need Jesus like I do. Uh, talk to that guy who feels like, you know, being a man is just, just being strong and being tough, and but humble is not a part of it. Mm-hmm. And Well, if you want to be proud and work on the basis of your own strength, you are limited in huge ways and you'll be blind to so many of your faults and pride will divide you from a wife, a girlfriend, a relationship, a son or a daughter. Pride divides and you're stuck with your own little measly strength, even though you're acting strong and you may have some money or or some power, quote. Humility gives you the strength of God. So would you rather be self-confident or God-confident? I'm telling you what, I've tried it both ways. Confidence in God is way better. And humility is the beginning of healing and blessing all relationships. So if you want togetherness, oneness, joy in your marriage, if you want to be connected to your daughter's heart, your son's heart, you want him to like his dad, humility is the path to that, not pride. Pride is what got Satan off track, Adam and Eve off track. Uh, All of humanity has gone off track with pride. It divides, but humility heals. It's strong because it gives you God's strength, Jesus' strength. So I urge a guy who's faking it and posing and trying to do it on his own to run to the Heavenly Father. Let him give you your identity as a beloved son who has, you know, credentials because of what Jesus did, not because of what you can do on your own. And then start living with that relationship with Jesus Christ every day and humility, apology, time spent, learning about yourself, confessing things. That'll make you a way stronger man, more courageous. 
and a much better dad. So humility is the path to real God strength. Jeff, I'm envisioning a guy right now who's listening, just coming, you know, to the foot of the cross and just kneeling before a savior who's pouring his life out for them. Hmm. Well, you're bringing me into prayer, Father in heaven. Uh, there are some guys right now that are feeling their dad didn't love them, didn't approve of them, uh, tore them down, might have abused them, couldn't give them everything they needed. And they've been trying to get it on their own. And they've never really come to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, forgive me and take over my life. Run it yourself. Maybe they were afraid they'd have to go to Africa and be a missionary or everything would be screwed up if they put it in God's hands. But they've proven that they can't run their life well. And God is good, holy, loving. He gave his only son. Um, So let that man receive the words that the father spoke to Jesus. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes. In our case, because we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Heal that man. Forgive him of his sin. Help him accept the forgiveness of Christ and start living as a son, a beloved son of the Heavenly Father, to jump into the Word of God, to get mentored, to hang out with some other guys, to tell the truth about who he is, to go apologize to his kids, to start spending time and praising them and, and loving them, not for their performance. We pray this for this man to have a radical transformation by surrendering to Jesus Christ and letting the Heavenly Father father him. So if he's a dad, he can father his kids well. In Jesus' name, amen. There are moments that sort of define my relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. and I'd like you to maybe share one, but I'll put put a couple out there for you as you think about that. One is, you know, I had a paper out. My dad encouraged me to, to work. He helped building me a strong work ethic, and but I just remember several times, you know, he knew where the end of my paper route was, and just remember seeing dad coming walking toward me at the end of my paper route just to meet with me and wow. walk the rest of the way home with mm-hmm. me. That's awesome. That is cool. I, from my childhood, I remember skiing with my father and he made skiing our family joint activity. It could be hiking. Um, it could be tennis. You know, it could be wiffle ball. Who knows what it is, but you need a family activity. And, and dad really invested in that. And I remember all those chairlift rides and he would compliment me. He was proud of my schoolwork and my football and my skiing. And just hanging out with him was cool. And he took me to a restaurant one time on the way home from skiing up in Buffalo that some adults and older people hung out at. And I just felt so cool just to be me and my dad mm. going to this restaurant. So I just remember that from my childhood. I also remember after I was grown and he was, I think, running for president or vice president in 1996. And there were things we didn't cover. He didn't talk about insecurity or failure, sex, girls, back when I was, you know, in junior high or high school, even college. And I I asked him in the car, I said, Dad, why didn't you talk to me about these things? You know, why didn't you tell me some of your tough stories, your insecurities? He goes, Jeff, my dad was a great guy, but he didn't know how to talk to me. And he didn't talk to me about those things. And I just didn't really know how to talk to you about them. Well, I felt so close to him in his honesty at that point. And I heard his backstory. And a lot of men and women need to learn the backstory of your dad. Mm -hmm. So you can forgive your father and not be so damaged and hurt 
by him. Mm. Uh, so that was rich. And I, I got to encourage people with this story. I was coaching Little League football, and I don't know who it was, stepdad, uncle, maybe it was a dad, pulled into the parking lot, got out of the car, but didn't come out on the field like all the other dads and yelled at this one kind of short, stout, less athletic kid on the team who we loved and we really did a good job coaching. And he said, hey, doofus, get over here. Mm-hmm. Broke my heart. I wanted to go punch the guy. I didn't. Yeah. But I think how many men hear the words, hey, doofus, when they think of their dad? They hear, hey, doofus in junior high. They hear, hey, doofus f- from work. They hear, hey, doofus online in entertainment. Hey, doofus. Men have been booed. Fathers have been booed, damaged. Our identity's up for grabs. Everyone thinks you have to earn it by being some superstar, making money, having a big brand, a lot of people following you, you know, buying bigger cars and houses. Identity is received from our heavenly father who loves us unconditionally as he loved Jesus. That's gold right there. Identity through the gospel is received. It's not achieved. And there's a universe of a difference between those two, you know, Uh, an identity that's achieved is we're trying, 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 can't get there. But when it's received, it's a gift that comes from our Heavenly Mm -hmm. Father. And I think that name calling, I just think it is one of the most mean things you can do to another person. Mm -hmm. And when you hear a story like that of name calling, we've all got stories, right, where somebody called us something that we're not. And like, it's like it sticks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is, that's what happens when we come into relationship with God as he says, let me, you know, let me get out the gooby gone. Let's remove that label that's stuck and let me show you who you really are. And so I, yeah, I just feel this morning, somebody's, you know, just feels the ping of that name calling you know, and, and what that was and what that did to how you feel about yourself or have felt about yourself. And I just believe that God wants to reveal something new to you today. There's a new word, a new name that he wants to call you. And he's just asking you to, to maybe be honest about that label and the impact that it's had. Um, choose forgiveness and let him replace it with the truth. Yeah, Lord, you know, we grow up and and we receive good things from our parents and and also parent wounds, mother, father wounds. And and some of those are really huge. And for for the one who is is just feeling the, the weight of a wound that came from a parent, Lord, we're asking you to just heal that wound and to restore, to put your name on that person and right now just bring your healing. And I just think of that passage from Isaiah 43, to forget the former things, don't dwell in the past, to realize that you're doing a new thing because in Christ we are a new creation. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.